Sunday of Black History Month. What a tremendous month. Uh, I, I guess I should say, um, uh, Sly Stone said it this way, I want to thank you for letting me be myself, right? Anybody know that? Any Sly Stone fan? <laughs> thank you for letting me be myself. It is what I enjoy most. It is what I need most to be among you and to do what I do and to be who I am. And it is uh, a blessing to be at Common Ground Northeast, a church that is having this conversation. Here's some street language for you, for real though, Uh, that we're really having the conversation for real though. Uh, uh, The conversation is not easy. Uh, the conversation is not pretty. It's one of the places where Satan has his biggest stronghold. If he knows he'll win anywhere, he believes he'll win in race in America. But we are pushing back on that. And so I'm glad to be a part of a church that boldly has this conversation. Nobody here is quite comfortable, but we're all agreeing to journey And so I'm excited uh, for Black History Month. It is important to me. Uh, If you didn't know, I'm black, right? So I'm excited that we're we're able to have this conversation. Come on, everybody, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Your grace, your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for Common Ground Northeast. Thank you for this great journey that we're on as brothers and sisters together. Now, God, your word is about to be preached in your house. I pray that it accomplishes everything you intend for it to do. Don't let your word come back to you void, but let it bless us. Let it convict us. Let it challenge us. Let it excite us. Let it uh, move us to a higher level of understanding and action. At the end of the day, God, we just want you to use us for your will and your glory. This we believe you for. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. Come on, give God your best praise. Amen, amen, amen. So thanks again for being here today. Uh, If you want to know more about this, there is a National Museum of African American Music. Somebody say road trip. Uh, It's in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, We should go down there and check it out sometime. Uh, it's just for our, Nashville I think it's four hours, is that right? Four hours south of here, 65 south. So we should go down there and check that out sometime, uh, the African-American song. So you've heard three uh, whole challenging sermons over the last few weeks, uh, just un- with this understanding that, and still we sing, and yet I will praise him. And what makes a people praise God through adversity? And what makes a people praise God through challenging times? And it is, in fact, those times that create the lyrics. And so, so it is dangerous at some level for you to love my song, but not understand my story. And so every song comes from a place. It comes from a life experience. And the songs of black people, the people out on that wall out there, have a unique perspective. They sing about a particular thing. You know we talked about it. Something that you may not totally be able to identify with, so you have to gain a respect for it and appreciation. So this is my story, but this is also my song. And not wanting to take my song 
and leave my story behind. And I'm excited at Common Ground Northeast that we're interested in the song and the story. Amen? Amen? We want to know the story. And still we sing. And yet I will praise him. And so today we're going to talk about this side of the room, which is celebrating our lyrics. And ultimately, hopefully, at the end of a month of black history, and we're going to celebrate today, we have some provisions for you outside, it is celebrating our very lives, celebrating the fact that I am, that I dwell among you, celebrating our lives because, of course, black lives matter. Celebrating our lyrics, celebrating our lives, and it is the necessity of self-encouragement. One of the things that being black in America has taught me, it is the ability to go alone, to, to, to go it along, to do it by myself, to be self-contained, looking inward and singing outward. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The ability that we have to look inside of ourselves and sing outside of ourselves. It is the necessity of self-encouragement. So good morning again, and Pastor Ken, you know that. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. All of our help, according to Psalms 121, comes from the Lord. And again, I cannot underscore how excited I am to be a part of this church, our church, my church, uh, and having this conversation as we conclude Black History Month. Here's some of the things that we'll talk about today. I am somebody. Sing your own song. Sing a song that ministers to you. Sing a song that encourages you. And this is something that's not germane to black people, but to all of us. Understanding that we're somebody because we were all made, somebody help me with this, in the image of God. Singing your song, not being ashamed of your song, but, but proudly boasting of you in your song. Sing a song that encourages you. Sometimes we want a need for others to recognize us. But we must learn to see and to recognize ourselves. See me, not just my talent. See me, not just my gifting. See me, not just how you can use me. See me, not just how I can bless you. But I want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? And not just my song. My lyric and my life are one. There is no separation between what I sing about and what I live. My lyrics and my lives, they are one. Don't exploit me. Embrace me. Exploitation happens at any level. That's what Jay-Z was talking about at the Grammys. You saw that. See the God in me. See God in my circumstance. When you see me, see a role for yourself. It is possible to like my song and not know my story. Don't do that. Don't love my beat. Don't love my pulse. Don't love my lyrics and not love me. If you pay attention to my story, here's where we'll end today, giving you my conclusion before I give you the drama. If you pay attention to my story, you will find God. If you listen to my story, you will hear God. If you see my story, you will see God. And if you look hard enough, you'll see yourself. You will certainly see a role for yourself. Because why? We're all connected. We're all part of the human drama. 
We have different roles. We come from different places. But as God would have it, we all factor into the outcome. Which arises the question, what is God's desired outcome? What is God trying to achieve? A harmony, a connectedness, a togetherness, a blendedness, a unity which which we can bring back to him and offer as an offering. Not one of us, not some of us, but all of us coming back to God as one. That is the offering God desires. The enemy knows that. We are powerful if we are together. That's why he works so hard to keep us apart. So that we do not appreciate one another's song nor their story. Here's the word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 46. Hang on, it's 15 verses. It's long. (laughs) When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. That's the place for God. All the nations, not some, but all of the nations will be gathered there before him. Everybody. As we say in the hood, everybody. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. I'm in Matthew 25, verse 33. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared you for since the creation of the world. Heaven, a prepared place for prepared people. For... Here's the operative. Here's the work. Here's where we are proven. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I know you know where I'm going. There's a lot of songs right there. (laughs) Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? We didn't see you or needed clothes and clothe you. When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king replied, truly, I tell you, this is operative. Everybody pay attention. Whatever you did. For one, maybe you don't have group status, but did you do it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine? You did it unto me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did not for 
just one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Then they will go their way into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. What the scripture describes here uh, is the dichotomy that exists in humanity among the haves and the have-nots. It is where we started Black History Month. God, if you will cue for me, Marvin Gaye, there's some music that I want to play for you. It is what Marvin Gaye described in Inner City Blues. It is this dichotomy that some have and some do not. And those who have, have refused to look after those who do not have. Do you have that for me? If not, we can get back to it. This is Matthew 25. Pictures of desolation. The most prosperous country in the world. I'm walking with no hope. And he'll say that this ain't living. And here's where we started by history four weeks ago. Pockets and moonshots. Spend it all. You could reallocate that money to the have-nots. Money. Money we make. We it. make it. For we see it. You take it. Oh, maybe wanna holler the way they do. Look at the devastation. Maybe wanna holler the way they do my life. This ain't living, this ain't living. No, no, baby, this ain't living. No, 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 no. Play one more verse. Inflation, no chance. Three people in a bit. To increase finance. Bills pile up, sky high. Send that boy off to die. That's good enough for right now. So, it is the condition, though. Here's the point. Matthew's driving. That some among us live in a condition that makes them want to holler and throw up both their hands. The devastation that I can't find words for it, so it makes me want to holler. So, so if we've learned anything at the end of Black History Month, and if you have that Maslow for me, if you could put that up for me. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That no matter when and where you enter the social structure, that many of us are born at the level of love and belonging or self-esteem in a fairly affluent white church, as we discovered uh, earlier, would probably enter at third or fourth level and be looking to go higher, and yet we have the opportunity to minister potentially to people as our neighborhood around us changes who are in the lower two rungs. And Matthew 25 speaks specifically 
about the dichotomy of people who are on the higher echelon of Maslow and the lower echelon of Maslow. And, Ma and, and Jesus says in Matthew 25 that I came to you and I came in one of the lower levels. I showed up. I appeared to you. You saw me. And so to be clear, to be clear, what's happening in Matthew 25 is not that you didn't see hungry people. Not that you didn't see homeless people. Not that you didn't understand the disproportionate amount of black and brown people who go to prison as opposed to their white counterparts. It's just that when you saw it, you didn't recognize that as God. You didn't see God in the lower echelon, but in order for us to see God, when Jesus came, the Bible clearly said that there was no room for him in the end. And some would strongly suggest, yo, man, that's... that's, that's Housing insecurity, we understand that. There's no place for us. And so in order for us to understand it, Jesus came in at the lower levels. So how can we worship and be looking to go higher and not turn around and go lower? God is also found in the lower lungs. And that's what Matthew 25 is trying to get us to see. You didn't see me? Food, clothing, shelter, insecurity. You didn't see God there? So what is the challenge for us? That if you see me there, then your assignment is to holler with me. I live there. I grew up there. It makes me want to holler and throw up both my hands. If that's not your experience, though, what could you do? Holler with me. Be appalled with me. Fight with me. Help me change the narrative. Help me change the lyrics. It's my song. It's not just because I want it to be my song. It's my truth. But I'll sing something else if you give me the substance for another song. I'll sing that one too. Help me change the lyrics. Holler with me, use your voice. When you see it and you don't like it and you know it's wrong, holler about it. Because it makes me holler. Holler in disdain. Holler in outrage. Holler to let me know that you see me. Holler, let me know that you hear me. Holler, let me know you appreciate my story. And holler, let me know that you respect my song. Here's an assignment, common ground. Everybody, holler! I actually wanted you to do that. <laughs> Everybody holler, take two. Here's an assignment, common ground. <laughs> Everybody, holler! Come on, let me hear you holler! Holler! Makes me want to holler over both my hands. Here's what often happens. We say, I saw you in that situation, not just poverty, whatever you're going through. But that was your problem, not mine. I saw you, but when I saw you, I did not see God. I heard you, 
But I didn't know when I was hearing you that I was also hearing God. I didn't know that if I touched you, that I was also touching God and that God was touching me back. I just didn't know. I didn't know that if I smelled you, and we've all smelled that odor, you have an odor. I never imagined that God smelled like that. We have a unique opportunity at Common Ground. Here's why we should be excited. When people cannot look to us for help, then we leave them with only two choices. If they cannot look to us, we've been placed in this neighborhood, we're being called to be a greater church. We're being called to be a church of strength and multi-perspective, multicultural influence. Most churches that attempt to do what we're doing uh, still work unilaterally with one cultural dimension, and everybody else has to assimilate. Our conversation at Common Ground Northeast is harder because we're trying to do something that not many people are trying to do. So I want everybody to be encouraged. I'll come back to that. When we do not use our voice to help people when we see Marvin Gaye's Inner City Blues, then we're, in essence, leaving that people to fend for themselves. People who are perhaps are not as powerful as we are or not as resourced as we are. Don't have the connections that we do. Here's a poem that, is, that I was taught as a kid uh, when people understood kind of my inner city thing and they wanted me to feel good about myself. They would say, I am somebody. And you'd have to report, I am somebody. I may be poor, but I am somebody. I may be young, I was taught this as a child, but I am somebody. This is crazy lyrics, watch this. I may be on welfare, but I am somebody. I may be small. This, this kills me, though. Like, look at the psychological conditioning of people that you're trying to get them to see themselves favorably. There's a lot of in spite ofs, in spite ofs, in spite ofs. But, but I grew up like this. I may be small, but I am somebody. I may have made mistakes, but I am somebody. My clothes are different. Never Jordash for me. Never Sassoon. Sometimes never Levi's. <laughs> My clothes are different. My face is different. My hair is different, but I am somebody. I am black, brown, or white. I speak a different language, but I must be respected, protected, and never rejected. Here's the qualifier, because I am God's child. Why should we be excited as a church? What Jesus was challenging in Matthew 25, the reason he could embrace some and reject others is here's, what, here's what Jesus knows in Matthew 25. That I put you in place to see this. That you could not convict us, God, if you hadn't put us in place. 
So the right church at 75th and Hague Road has to admit that when somebody was murdered on that street in November and this street in December, we have to admit that's crazy, but we also have to admit but we're in place. We're in place. And God says, if I put you in place, then it's your job to be in touch. I put you in place, it's your job to be in tuned. I put you in place, it's your job to be involved. I put you in place. Why does he judge some in Matthew 25? You had the opportunity. You were right there. You're not saying to me that you didn't see broken, homeless, dirty people. You're saying that when you saw them, you didn't see me, but you're not saying you didn't see them. You saw them because you were in place. You elected not to be in touch. You elected not to be in tune. You elected not to get involved. And not only did I put you in place, but you were in possession. You had what would have healed them. You had what would have blessed them. And I'm not always talking about money. You have extra space. Why not put up a basketball court? It'll bless them. You have a warm building. Why not invite them in? You may not have everything you want. You may not have everything you need. But you have enough to help. I made sure you did. You remember the parable of the talents? I gave you something. Some one, one, two, one, five, whatever, the distribution of talents. And then I left and I said, occupy till I come. Get busy, do work. And when he comes back, everybody that was busy, he gave more. Those who did not do anything, who buried it, he took away from them. We're in place. We're in possession. We just have to get busy. God send us to hurting. God send us to broken. And I thank God that we are. So that's why he judges them. Because they elected not to see God in the circumstance. And not to use what they were in possession of to make somebody's life bigger, better. He's like, I didn't even tell you you had to move the whole group. The requirement in the scripture was just one. Just one. Everybody has the ability to move and help one person. Can you help just one? I, I know, because you'll look at it and it'll seem massive and it'll seem overwhelming, so you won't do nothing. But the, the mandate is not the masses, it's just one. And then another one. And maybe another one. That's the mandate. So if you don't, you leave them to do it for and by themselves. Here's song number two. I want everybody to dial in here. Here's the worship song. And here, here's kind of, there's any song that I think uh, typifies the struggle and what black church, when I pastored predominantly black church uh, for 25 years, Every Sunday, 
because um, Eric and I taught, and our objectives were, were different. Like what I went to church to do, what Eric goes to church to do, he and I are clear that sometimes we had different objectives. So I, I felt like for me, the thing is, everything's family. If you can just get to church on Sunday, it's a gas station, and go to work Monday through Friday, use Saturday to get over the week, and then use Sunday to get ready to go back. <laughs> and so my chance Sunday was to empower people to go back, right? And I had to pour back into them no matter what they were dealing with and get them ready to go back. And so I had one shot on Sunday, and that was my focus. If I didn't do anything else, I knew that's what I had to do, right? That was my objective, right? And many of them were dragging to the church to get that shot, right? So, yeah, there's grace, there's faith, there's, there's all of these themes, and, and we could get to all of that. But what I knew I had to do was get them ready to go back to work on Monday in an environment where, where in they felt like they were strangers, right? That was my objective. So, but this song typifies, like, black church. And I want you to worship here. Get up, clap, whatever. But you'll have this, too. Nobody's on your team. You got to do it yourself.
of opportunity that God gives us to be instrumental in the encouragement of one another. That if you have something, position, title, money, whatever it is, the Bible says that he has lent that to you for this cause. It's for the global objective. It's for the betterment of humanity and the betterment of other people. So at Common Ground, we don't want to leave this community, this society, to people on the basketball. To be part of what encourages the community. That's a beautiful song. But we don't want to leave people to have to encourage themselves. And finally, Number two, as I close, when we don't do what we're called to do, we encourage them to look inward. And then secondly, we encourage them to look up. And she said it in the song. I will lift up mine eyes to the mountains from where my help comes, Psalms 121. My help, our help, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But who is God going to use God is going to use us. The challenge in Black History Month is, do we all have anything that we can share? If you have two pair of shoes, you have enough to share. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Here's how I want to end. In Joshua chapter 3, Joshua says to a particular two and a half tribes, that you have what God is giving you. Your home is here on this side of the flood. He says, but for the rest of you, your home, the rest God is going to give you is on the other side of the flood. He says to the two and a half tribes that are home, that are in place, he says, I don't want you to, your wives and your children can go home, but all the mighty men, I want you to cross over this river in front of your brothers and sisters. And I want you to leave your home behind. I want you to sacrifice. I want you to make yourself somewhat vulnerable in order to help somebody else usher in what God has for them. 
He says, you can't stay here and be comfortable until everybody has what God wants them to have. So he encourages them to leave their safe place, leave their comfortable place, leave their residence, risk. This is a big ask, Joshua. I want you to risk. And not only do I want you to go with them, but because you have a particular skill they don't have, because you have a training that they don't have, because you're in positions that they've never been in, I want you to lead them into getting what God has for them. And then the Bible says, he said, after that, you can come back and reside in your land. What's the message? When God calls you to help somebody else, it is going to cost you, but it ain't going to kill you. <laughs> but it's going to cost you. You can't help somebody else. You can't holler for other people and not draw attention to yourself. It's going to cost us. But he said after that, so it's not going to kill us. So we have a reason to celebrate, and I'm done. Would you play my last song for us? Come on, everybody, get up. We got good times coming, y'all. Come on. Come on, everybody's moving. This is the end of Black History Month. y'all we got a reason to celebrate we're together y'all we got a great future it's been rough days but it's bright come on somebody a celebration to last throughout the years so bring your good times and your laughter too we gonna celebrate your party with you come on now Come together, y'all. Come on. What's your pleasure? Everyone around the world. Come on. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Celebrate good times. Come on. Let's celebrate. There's a party going on right here. A dedication to last throughout the years. So bring your good time. You got to fade it, though. You got Yeah. <laughs> I don't got the moves like Pastor Ken does. Um, before, before we 